It's the Braincast, Braincast, the PopBrain.com Braincast, Braincast, listen to the show Because you're in for the PopBrain.com Braincast, Braincast, oh Welcome to the Breakcast, the official podcast of thepopbreak.com. My name is Bill Bodkin. I am the editor-in-chief of the site. And uh, when talking wrestling, one of my favorite people, one of the most elite people I like to talk to about pro wrestling is a venerated professional wrestling writer. He's been with the site for well over eight years, has written 4,000 articles on Monday Night Raws and WWE pay-per-views. I have forced him to watch over the years. The Hebrew Hammer, the Hebrew Hurricane, the Man of the Hour, Mr. Mike Dworkis, Senior Editor. What's going on, man? Doing all right, Bill. Wow, that is quite the introduction. It's been 4,000. There's actually something that shows how many I've actually written. You've written no. You've written a lot. I mean, you're well close to a thousand articles on the site, if not there already. Um, I mean, you watched for a few years straight every single Monday Night Raw. Yeah, yeah, and, that, that uh, was every, definitely a time. Every once in a while, there's a Facebook memory that comes up of this, and I'll go back. I'm like, I don't even remember this show, <laughs> this episode existing. Uh, but we're actually here to talk about. Mike and I are, are not shy about our fandom for All Elite Wrestling, AEW for short. And on Wednesday, the 14th, AEW will be celebrating their one-year anniversary of Dynamite, their weekly show on TNT. Now, of course, this is not actually the official one-year anniversary. That happened earlier this month. I believe is October 2nd. It was a Monday. And that show happened in 2019 at the Capitol Center in Washington, D.C. This one really is like the anniversary of the Philadelphia show. That was their third episode. I was supposed to go to that, but I was on vacation. Now, Mike, have you seen AEW live yet? Or were you, like me, supposed to go to see them in Newark? Yep, we had had the tickets for Newark. But uh, unfortunately, COVID gets in the way, man. But the, you know the, it's, the tickets are still good. They said uh, rescheduled for February 2021. So fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed that uh, something will happen, something positive. Yeah, I remember that announcement came on Christmas Day, and I was like, "Wow, this is awesome!" I got better make sure to get my tickets. Got my luxury booth box, which I've talked about a few times. Still waiting on it, but we'll see. Uh, but let's not uh, talk about things of COVID past because. You know, there's nothing we can do yeah. about it. Let's yeah. talk about Dynamite. Let's talk about this one-year anniversary. And Mike, you've, I assume you've watched every episode of Dynamite, I believe, all 52 or so episodes. Good assumption. Yep, I believe I've, ca- I've caught them all. Yeah, I don't think there's one I've caught. And, like, I know they skipped a week or so, but then we had the late-night Dynamite. Yes. So I think, I think they've made yeah, it to was 52. Yeah, there was a late-night and then a couple about a month or so ago to not conflict with the NBA. They moved up stuff. The Thursday, there was a Saturday episode, 
you know, some shuffling. But you know, it was it was nice that they they moved things around. They didn't just completely say, "All right, forget it. We're not giving you wrestling this week." Or they did the old WCW Saturday Night gimmick when the Braves <laughs> went long, and you'd be waiting and waiting and waiting, and then it's just like, "Well, they've called in their sixth relief pitcher this inning," and you're like, ah, "Why do the Reds suck? Just end the game." Um, now, I let's talk. We've talked about. Dynamite. I'm sorry, AEW. Like their one year anniversary. We did a podcast earlier this year, which feels about ten years ago, um, when they were heading into their homecoming show at Daly's Place, which we did not know would become their home base uh, Mm -hmm. for the last six plus months, uh, if not seven. We went into that episode coming off of the probably the worst Dynamite of all time. Where we had the introduction of the Nightmare Collective, we had the the ending. Uh, the end was the Dark Order coming out and beating up SCU and the Elite, and we had the uh, Phantom punching Dark Order member. Ooh, yes, um, I was very uh, negative about AEW. I was very worried. You were a little more optimistic. Let's 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 start there. Since that fateful night in. Um, in December, how do you think AEW has turned it around? How do you think they've evolved to where we are now, getting into the middle of October 2020? You know, um, going back to that episode, kind of leaving on that uh-oh cliffhanger, but, you know, I, I think my optimism's been rewarded because um, AEW, and I know we're not really, you know, we, we don't want to blame COVID for everything, um, but, you know, I will, I will say that despite things that you know as they are aw's really you know done the best they can and they've really given some really great great um uh, tv production um one of the things that i was hopeful before and correct me if i'm wrong was the the focus not on you know not so much focus on main event storyline but really giving more focal attention to a lot of the up-and-comers people who haven't seen a mainstream audience many indie wrestlers getting getting their first crack on uh, on a mainstream crowd through AEW and they've really delivered on that i mean you know you you followed the indies and many other promotions more than i have so when i've seen a wrestler come on AEW and i go wow you know this one he looks pretty good you'll tell me well he's been wrestling for 10 years and that that will blow me away that you know there are so many wrestlers out there that haven't been showcased on such a, a big stage and AEW has done that on a weekly basis. And, you know, I know we're talking about Dynamite, but, you know, some of that praise also goes to Dark. It does, yeah. Because a lot, of, a lot of those guys that we've seen on Dark eventually make it to Dynamite. Case in point, the Jericho anniversary show. I know we're fast-forwarding a bit, but Serpentico. This guy, he, he's main-eventing AEW Dynamite. I met like, him earlier this year at a not I mean... Big shout out to the Bob Culture Podcast for for you know being a part of that show. Uh, I'm not the my favorite independent show I've been to, but yeah, he was it was in a police athletic league in Brick. He fought Killer Cross, Carrying Cross oh, wow. from NXT, and if you read his tweet from er, from earlier last week, that's when the Jericho show happened. He was about ready to just hang it up, and wow. now he's and he's a main event guy. And you're right, like if you look at if you went and looked at the main events of Dynamite, I mean, we've seen Best Friends, Santana and Ortiz, Orange Cassidy, The Butcher, a.k.a. Andy Williams, Every Time I Die. We've seen a lot of, of Dustin Rhodes, who's like 
52 yeah. <laughs> or something like that. We see a lot of variation. It's not just Mox, Jericho, exactly. Cody, the Bucks, Kenny, the Elite. It's not just those guys, or it's not just all the former WWE guys. Right. right. And and even that, Eddie Kingston, like you were saying, a 17 oh, yeah. year vet who cut a promo in the middle of a field on July 4th in South Jersey calling out Cody Rhodes in front of maybe 30 to 50 people and, you know, is now in a main event, weeks-long main event feud with John Moxley. And it, he's been one of the best parts of the show. A year ago at this time, I don't think any of us would have even considered Eddie Kingston for AEW. No, no, no. I mean, you know, a, a couple of his uh, promos from uh, being on NWA, it's like, all right, great, you know, he, he's he's edgy. But, you know, I, I didn't, once he hit AEW, I really took notice of this guy. And I, and I went back, I watched some of the YouTube, YouTube uh, you know, promos and some of his matches, and the guy the guys impressed me. And that's what it took. It took his appearance in AEW to make me go back and say, hey, these these aren't just guys that are just picking up random. These are really top tier top level wrestlers. And not just wrestlers, but they're they're very entertaining too. They can cut promos. And I, and that's the thing, you know, so you know, going back to the question, you know, how, how has AEW fared since the halfway point? I I truly think AEW's really really um, lived up to my expectations. You know, not like you said, not every main event has to be a title match. And to your point, you know, Bucks, Kenny Omega, they're not in every main event. In fact, some of them haven't have haven't even been on the show for for quite a while. I haven't had matches, no. which I don't mind because it gives the opportunity for a really healthy rotation of uh, other wrestling matches. So I really a, have to say it's it's been a success. I really do. And that was an early criticism of Dynamite. Like I would mm-hmm. say in the first um, in the 2019 <laughs> run was you know they have a shallow bench. Was like we're seeing a lot of the same guys every week, and now it's like the almost the opposite they're still keeping people involved but now like a guy like mm-hmm. darby allen is kind of like i always say is the sabu of AEW, <laughs> yep. where he just you have him in his spots he's not an every week guy he's the big surprise right. so you see sabu with the skateboard sabu with the skateboard god has no one oh i oh, <laughs> i wish i had thought of that one but um i also think the like I think the booking too has gotten a lot better in terms of it's not, it felt like three different people or four different people were booking the shows. Mm-hmm. It's just like you had the Cody Rhodes segment, you had the women's segment that Kenny was booking, and then you had like a million tag team matches. Yep. Now I feel like some weeks is going to be a lot of tag team matches. Some weeks it's going to be singles matches. Like there's, there's varying, there's, there's degrees, but I also think one huge thing that I thought was an improvement was, they knew that December show sucked. Mm, yeah. And they were like, <laughs> we have to get better. And you could tell everyone, like, that was a team effort to get better. And I thought, like, that Jacksonville show was really good. They had some dips and hits and misses. But once they got, I think, to Bash at the Beach, which is like that end, when they, when they got to the Jericho Cruise and then they hit oh, yeah. the Bash at the Beach, I think that's when they started hitting their stride really well because – Excuse me. I think you had Atlanta right after that. That Atlanta show was bananas. Followed up by the can. I think it was Kansas City. I want to say which had the Kenny and Pac Iron Man match. Oh yeah. And then pandemic. So yep. 
let's let's play fantasy booking for a second instead of booking. Let's think of, like prediction here. There's no pandemic. We all would have loved that. <laughs> where do you see the trajectory of where we left off at? Like, full, let's just say at full gear, because I think Utah was the last show they had. I don't really remember that show too well because this is when everything was breaking out. I think we were all <laughs> concerned about other things, but around that time, Matt Hardy was signed. Uh, the um, the exalted one was going to be revealed in Rochester, and then blood and guts, mm-hmm. and then everyone knew that FTR was was coming. It was on the way. Yep. Uh, we, I think a lot of us thought FTR was coming from <laughs> from for a while. But where do you think AEW would be right now? No pandemic, mm. and it, there's no yeah. wrong answer to this. Obviously. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't I, prep I, you for the question either, but yeah, you know, right, right. welcome to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, spontaneity is everything. I mean, you know, I, I think they'd still be in a good place and if anything, in a better one, because you know, at some point they did talk about having a second show. Um, that is and, uh, through um, that has been confirmed through like indirectly through Warner Media quotes and executives and press releases that that will be coming in 2021. Yeah. And, and that's the thing with, you know, they, they would have had a bigger roster. I mean, because, you know, obviously what we know what ended up happening, some of the roster, they were shelved for a while, you know, visas, quarantines. If there was no quarantine, guys like Pac would have still been featured on a pretty regular basis. Um, and I think, you know, we, we missed out on seeing the hybrid two for a long time. I mean, between, you know, pandemic and injury. But I think that the, the level of, the, the level of, of uh, show would have remained consistent. And I think, you know, for, for, every, for all things considered, I think what, a lot of what we're seeing now is probably the booking they were headed towards. You know, probably things may have been drawn out a little bit more. They may have changed some things. Because a, a lot of what I've seen, you know, fantasy booking-wise, I still think that inevitably Hangman would have been top dog. Because yeah. just the way his character has developed like very naturally, not being forced, not being anything. I mean, he's a drunken cowboy, and who doesn't love a drunk cowboy? As a, you know, he's 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 an inspiration to me. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think there was a few things I think we missed out on. Uh, obviously, uh, Fighter Fest taking place in the UK mm-hmm. was yeah. a big one, and I think we That's would good. have seen we would have seen some UK stuff. Like there would have been some new UK talent popping up popping up at AEW. Oh, sure. um, I also think. Um, I think they actually would be in bigger arenas. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and I, you would see them because they would have because we saw like if you uh, Tony Khan did a podcast where he said like they I mean Newark was an over million dollar house for them. Yeah. They had sold out Philly. They had sold out Boston, which was coming right after that. Um, Rochester was going to be a huge house house for them. UK was going to be a huge house for them. Um, I think you would have seen a lot more. California would have happened for sure. And mm. let's not oh, forget. Yeah. D- Double or Nothing Two was supposed to be in Vegas, and they would excuse me do a, like ancillary shows like combined with that. So I think we would have seen a lot of different things. But then again, there's a lot of people because of this situation we're in, like Serpentico that you mentioned. Dark really morphed because Dark was whoever we have in the you know it it, it started a little bit with some independent talent like Abaddon, mm-hmm. uh, but 
it wasn't like it is now where it's like squash matches or you're seeing guys like Will Hobbs gets built up. And now I think you're going to see possibly there's one on Dark this week where it's Red Velvet who's been involved in a lot of stuff. Uh, she's She's been in like an enhancement talent for a while. She's in a match where it's against someone who's not established. So I'm like, okay, right. now we have a question who's going over because that means that person signed. Like yeah. we, we might not have get, gotten the Ben Carter Lee Scott match, which was fantastic. Which yeah. might not we might not have gotten the Ben Carter Scorpio Sky match, which ended up on <laughs> which was absolutely bonkers. So I you know, I I think they've done a really good job of adapting, like we were saying before, to what's happening, but I think they actually would have been in a really, really big spot right now. Although we would not probably have gotten the stadium stampede. We, that's true. We would not have gotten the stadium stampede. And that's the thing. They had to get real creative with some of these matches. You know, and as you're talking about AW Dark and, and you know, a lot of these independent you know, stars, kind of wondering if this whole thing didn't happen, would all these guys still have gotten these new opportunities? Like, it's, it makes me think, like, you know, Dark becoming that secondary show showcasing, you know, a lot of these folks. Would dark be what it is now? I don't. Th- it's hard to say. I don't think so. I think maybe. I think maybe the, the second show might have happened, but like dark was way different when it first started. Remember, it was like the control center, and it was kind of yeah. like road two, which I I wish they kind of brought some of that back. But uh, well, meanwhile, a road two episode has dropped while this podcast is recording, <laughs> legitimately, and. Um, but it was just like you would get like Joey Janela and somebody in a oh, like they had Joey Janela and Mox in a uh, mm-hmm. in a no holds barred match. Yep. Uh, they would that's where Orange Cassidy first got in the ring with to that yep. Road Warrior pop, which I always thought was a bad idea. It should have been on Dynamite, but uh, <laughs> I don't think you would have seen Brian Pillman Jr. in yeah. AEW. You wouldn't have seen like I said Will Hobbs. Mm-hmm. In an extended, because you have to have these people people there for extended periods of time due to the pandemic. I don't think, you, and I almost wonder if you would have seen the TNT title uh, run that Cody had calling people out. I don't know if Ricky Starks would have left, or you would have seen Starks or Warhorse or Eddie Kings. I don't know. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, and and those those guys that you mentioned, uh, you know, Kingston and Ricky Starks in particular. Jumping from NWA now featured stars on AEW. Would that would that have happened now, or would have that have happened six months from now? Ricky Starks, man, I'm telling you, he's going to be a real big deal for AEW. Like he is, he has got star written all over him. He does. Uh, so let's talk about we've we've mentioned some matches already. So in the year we've watched, um, what is Mike? What are your top three or so? Uh, matches from Dynamite, which is hard because we've seen a lot of matches. Although I, I feel like a judicious amount of matches per show. We're not shoving, you know, not like Dark. We're shoving fourteen matches into a night, right? But you know, what are your three favorite? If you can name them, sure. I mean, this last some, year, yeah. And that's the thing. It's funny. Like we, we were, you know, you know, brainstorming, and I'm just thinking, like, I don't even remember half of the, you know, half this past year because of just everything that's gone on. Yeah. But you know. Uh, I, you know, come to think about it, the the couple that do stand out to me, um, I mean, I, I could definitely say that the match that Chris Jericho had against Scorpio Sky, mm-hmm. you know, not not that not the tag match where Sky pinned Jericho, but that one on one match, you know, 
when you have someone like Scorpio facing Jericho, you know, in a title match, you know, you think to yourself, yeah, yeah, okay, Scorpio's not going to win. But that match, there were moments I believed he could. And that's why that match sticks out because, you know, you, like, you know, and, and I told, and I, I think I mentioned this too, you know, we were just, you know, talking some time ago when Mox had his match recently with Eddie Kingston. Right. Okay. It was a good match. The second they said, oh, Mox is putting his championship on the line, I said, well, okay, well, there's no way Kingston's going to win. Right. But, in a, and that's the thing, you know, the, you know, matches like that, okay, it could have been a DQ, count out, whatever, something screwy could have happened. But you have this match with Chris Jericho and Scorpio Sky, and Sky, you could tell they were giving him the push. They were they were really highlighting his singles talent. I really wish they still were. They I uh I mean he he's he got it, man. He ha he has all the skills. And that was the match that in the back of my mind, sit championship match, I didn't think he would win. But watching that match, there were moments I was on the edge of my couch thinking, Oh my god, are they gonna do it? Are they gonna shock us? He, Scorpio made me believe. So I'm going to give you my, one of my, my my third pick because it, it ties directly into this. And it's with the same guy. It's with Chris Jericho. It's the first Chris Jericho-Orange Cassidy match. Now, I've been watching Orange Cassidy since he maybe sort of kind of was a fiery ant somewhere. But I remember him being a drunken member of the, the Gentleman's Club with Chuck, Chuck Taylor and Drew Gulak and Swamp Monster. And seeing this character develop over the years and his you know street fight with now Malcolm Bivens of NXT during the Grammys weekend it's he's comic gold and I remember when they signed him people were like whatever like you know fitting uh but we see this character grow over the years uh grow over the last year to the biggest I think the best built character in AEW the best pushed character is Orange Cassidy and his first match with Jericho I literally had my hands up in the air. I jumped out of my seat at one point. I was, I kept saying, I mean, I, I can't believe this could happen. Cause I was like, there's no way Jericho's going to lose, you know? Cause I figured it's a one-off match. We'll move off on from there. I did not think we're getting this whole feud. And I was like, oh shit, he's going to do it. I'm like, he's going to do it. And I sit there, I'm like, you have been watching wrestling for 31 years. You should know better not to like be like, get so caught up in it. You know, I mean, in the live in the live atmosphere, that's one thing because you're in a crowd and you get right. swept up in it. But at home, sitting on a couch drinking Jameson, you, you should be like, I, I know better. But I think that's what I love about AEW is I don't know better sometimes because I get caught up in it. And I think NXT had that for a while. I'm not going to knock NXT. But I said there's some, there's some takeovers you would watch, like some of those you know Gargano main events. You'd be like, oh, my God, is he going to do it? You know, but – you know, for a weekly television, like at a pay-per-view is where you do that. I think that's where you hook them, but not for weekly TV. And that's what I love that orange Cassidy, Chris Jericho match, because that's where orange really broke out and they have found a way not to wear him out. Like he's not a tired character. I'll make an example. He's not Eugene. Remember Eugene was the hottest thing in WWE for a while. And then he got, he got squished mm-hmm. and then everyone's yeah. like, Oh, I don't like him anymore. You know, th- but they have found a way to keep orange Cassidy hot. And we'll be talking about freshly squeezed a little bit later. Cause he will be on dynamite. <laughs> so Mike, what's that? Your, one of your other favorite dynamite matches of the last year. So uh, another favorite, and I'm going to say it's a series because it involves the same two guys. Right. And I want to talk about Kenny Omega and Pac. They, 
they had a series of matches, and I mean, I would love to pick one of them. I mean, I can. I, I mean, I mean, those, those. I mean, they, they had three in a row on Dy or two in a row, and then another one that culminated in a pay per view on Dynamite. And I mean, they they tore the house down. The each, Iron Man match, match is still. Was, it was like, I mean, that was unbelievable. I think it's one of the more incredible matches I've seen on TV. I think when Iron Man matches, I think there was a Kurt Angle Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Raw Iron Man match that was really good, yeah. and I think there was and, a uh, Cena. Michaels. There was a Kurt. There was a Kurt, Ang- Kurt Angle Lesnar on SmackDown. Uh, Iron Man match? Oh, I didn't watch. An that. Iron Man, yeah. I remember the Raw. There was two on Raw. I'm like, oh, okay, that was really good. But that one with Pac, and then he disqualifies himself just yes. so he can get the advantage to get the next pin. I was mm-hmm. like, wow. I mean, that is like, that's really like very. Right? practical like we never see practical shit in wrestling yeah it's always like no if someone grabs you by the back of your head you shouldn't be walking around with them you know what i mean like <laughs> but i'll never forget like there's one i think where Pac power bombs kenny and you know Pac has that high angle power bomb i remember oh, seeing yeah. that and i was just like i don't know how you get up from that as a human but those matches are just incredible and Pac's been phenomenal since they've had him I mean, it sucks that he's uh, – rumors having it, he might come back. Okay. He's going to do the two-week quarantine. Uh, quarantine. All right. And then come back. But that's just a rumor, but I don't know how true that is. Um, if I had to go with a second match, I, I messaged you all these matches. I'm going to go with um, Cody and Wardlow mm. in the cage because I think that there's a guy who really – Lives and breathes AEW. Obviously, it's Cody Rhodes. One of my favorite Dynamite moments, I think it was from the Pittsburgh show they did, uh, where he wraps his hand in MJF's scarf and punches through oh, the yeah. glass window, and there's that crazy mm-hmm. brawl. And that he, was crazy. And it was like him, Dustin, MJF, and DDP. And they, and one thing AEW did really well, and I think they still do in this pandemic, is they make good use of the building. Yes. that Oh, that they've always done. Dippin' Dots, dude. Always the oh, Dippin' Dots. Oh my god, I forgot about the Dippin' Dots. Which was that? Was that that, <laughs> that was, show? That, that was that was the first time that brawl was the first time the Dippin' Dots, and then like the the next time they brawled, they they went into the Dippin' Dots again. Was was the first episode the one where Mox put Kenny through a glass table? Um, because that, that's one they don't show too much anymore. Yeah, that yes, that what that was that was the the first one when the just boom table bomb bye. Yeah, I and I also I think one of the things you have to give credit to too with AEW it the well, the live era dynamite crowd because I feel like they've kind of um been less important in the non live era the mm-hmm. inner circle man they when dynamite was first starting they were one of the best parts of dynamite oh yeah absolutely and Jericho every week was something new that he can make it into a t shirt is absurd but <laughs> he's still doing it <laughs> he's still doing it uh but cody rhodes wardlow this was uh part of you know cody's um mm. this was a mandated by mjf if he wanted to fuck after he turned on cody at um full gear uh he had to get lashed which was a crazy oh. crazy moment that was crazy to watch oh it really was and again we shouldn't like, we've seen this but yet it we it still got us emotionally <laughs> yeah um he couldn't touch MJF, and then it was oh he had to fight Wardlow in a mm-hmm. cage, and this was Wardlow's first match in AEW. He never he didn't have yep. a match on Dark. He didn't have anything, and yet right, he was just the bodyguard. We all bought it. 
and Wardlow looked really good, and we just have the moment that will live in AEW infamy in a positive way. Um, that crooked ass moonsault off the top of the cage. Oh my god! I, I remember seeing that. I'm like, okay, he's not going to go off the cage because like it's too high. There's no mm. way, right? I'm like, there's no way. Right. Yeah, yeah, he did it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Gotta do it. I that whole show too. That show had Mox and Jeff Cobb that had mm-hmm. that crazy uh, tag team battle royal. Yep, that was incredible. It was it was pure spectacle. And there was anything about Cody Rhodes, man. Like in his matches, he he knows how to build the drama for any. Fe- I remember he built the drama for that not so awesome feud he had with Kip Sabian. Like, right. so I'm like he could he could pretty much do that. I wish he would apply that template to other people. Sometimes, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it, it was so good. It was so yeah. good. And what was your? And I think it's consensus. This one, your was your number yeah. one for the dynamite. The, the, the number one. It's a, a more recent match, but it, it's it has to go to that parking lot street fight brawl between the best friends and Santana or and Ortiz. That well, the, that the, I mean, the, unbelievable. The single weirdest build to a feud based on a <laughs> minivan. A minivan. And yet, and Trent's mother, and Trent's mom, and we should have. And, and, and you think about it, it should have been dumb. It should not yeah. have worked. And we've seen stuff like this before elsewhere, and not not just WWE. WCW right. had a lot of shitty oh, stuff. Like they this. Ha- oh, and yet it worked so well. Tell me what. Tell me like. Tell me like when you're watching that Street Fight Live, which I think was done almost in one. T- was they said done in one take? That there was no edits, no stoppage. Yeah, they just had to bleep out Santana dropping the F bomb. <laughs> yeah. um, what did? What was your? Just tell me through your emotions during that match. I mean, going when 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 they had this match going, I'm thinking, all right, you know, I'm thinking comedy spots. Like, how how serious can this thing get? I mean, sure, we'll have some punching, some kicking, you know, the obligatory, you know, face through the windshield. I'm just thinking, how, you know, what are they really gonna do? And it also you know, lent my expectations, you know, best friends and, and a hardcore type match. Like it, it didn't make sense to me. It didn't compute in my mind. I figured, all right, let's just see what happens. But then gradually within the first couple of minutes, I think it was, uh, uh, Santana boom, you know, right, right into a, a side view mirror already down thinking, okay, this is getting intense real fast. And it was an interesting combination of brawling plus wrestling. And you know me, man. I'm a fan of pile drivers. I mean, oh, when I see, I mean, I, I mean, I love a good pile driver. Don't get me I, wrong. I mean, like, pile Chuck does a good one. He does a good short pile driver too, man. He does. That that was impressive. But like, pile driver on top of on the roof of a car, I'm sold. But just the way things played out in the brawl, you know, things did not feel rushed. It didn't feel sloppy. It didn't feel like, all right, let's just beat, throw each other into this car. Let's throw each other in that car, like. The, the breaks and one side clearly dominated, the next side getting the offense, you know, it felt like a wrestling match just not taking place in a ring with the added, you know, extra violence in there. Um, I, yeah. It really felt like, like really something out of maybe an E, like some, somewhere in the old ECW, like it's yeah. something somewhere there. It really felt like it hit home for me. And to see the best friends really like just, you know, to yeah. highlight in that match, like, that's what impressed me the most. I, I 
you know, I, I think I had been so desensitized to like parking lot brawls and f- street fights and stuff like that through latter day WCW and then post attitude era WWE where mm-hmm. I'm like, this is just going to be, you know, I don't know. I just feel like this is going to be like a hardcore match because again, this isn't like right. Mox who's like, okay, yeah, he, even the Moxley Kenny death match at times felt a little forced. Like we're going mm-hmm. for yeah. spots. That, that was the thing. It's, we're going for this spot. We're going for this spot. These this felt like two teams who did not like each other, who wanted a fight. And I kind of was half paying attention to this until I believe it was Ortiz. Santana took the someone did a slingshot, and the person hit the bottom of the the truck. Oh yeah, and I was like, the truck. I was like, that that's it. This is a yep. fight. And then when Orange jumps out from the trunk yeah. with the the chain around his fist, I was just like, oh. Oh, this is really going to a place. <laughs> yep. But since you picked that one, I want to pick a different one that has similar vibe is the the infamous Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy versus um mm. Lay Sex Gods with Sammy getting uh. hit by the um the golf cart. <laughs> I felt like uh, oh, maybe that wasn't Jericho. I mean it was no, that was Jericho. Yeah, but it's like it was just everyone getting involved and there was a huge brawl. And then we would call back later to these spots where the, I think the bucks came back at that one. Mm-hmm. And like, it was just, no, I think they came back later. It It's whatever. I'm mixing up stuff, but like all these people getting involved, like, and we would see stuff like call back during the stadium stampede, but that was like their yep. first big, we're in Daly's place. Let's, let's use the space. Let's use it. Yep. And let's have this crazy fight again. There was funny stuff in there, but you also knew these guys hated each other. Yeah. And that's, and I remember just like, cause it was, I think that was still in March and everyone was like, wow, no, I think that was the return to dailies. That was from the Georgia Mm -hmm. run. Um, and that was like, damn, like, wow. Like that was, that was good. That was, that was like the first big moment that AEW had had in a while. So that's my favorite. Um, Let's get on to let's get on to dynamite this week. Um, we got yeah, we got a big dynamite. We do have a big dynamite. Let me see stack, if I stack. We have a stack card. Let me see if I can. Oh, of course, it didn't save to where I wanted it. I will get it in one sec. Okay, so we know that the um, let's start with the TNT title and talk about our boy who we've mentioned multiple times. <laughs> uh, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy will be challenging. Cody Rhodes for his second uh, newly won uh, TNT title. First, let's talk about that match that Cody had with Mr. Brody Lee, the do- the dog collar match. I mean, that was <sighs> oof, that was a bloodbath. I mean, I hated the fact that that package pile driver spot through a table was on picture in picture, but yeah. it was still really good that <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. was a good and you know and this and this is something and um you know I, I was watching with a friend of mine and we really said that you know Brody lee has come so far since his days <clears throat> since his days in wwe you know he is a talking he his character talks his tar- his character is a leader of a stable and to see him in a match like this a dog collar match high profile bloodbath i mean Blood aside, this is a match I, I I don't think I would have ever expected, you know, Mr. Brody Lee to ever have been in until un, unless he had this opportunity. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I was really impressed with how he and despite the outcome, I was really impressed with him and how he carried 
um, a good chunk of this match. He's been, I, I mean, I've always, I think you and I have always been big fans of his when he was Luke Harper. Um, mm-hmm. A little sad he did not go in his indie run as hardcore fisherman Lou Harper, as Cole <laughs> Cabana famously said once. I will never not tell that joke when I can. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was a little disappointed that uh, Brody didn't win it, but you know, is what it is. I don't think every a lot of people like to make the Triple H comparison for Cody, mm-hmm. but let's let me. I'm gonna I'm gonna address it first because you and I have talked about this. Uh, yeah. I just mentioned Eugene, hottest thing in WWE. Who beats him and derails him? Triple H, Rob Van yep. Dam, Shelton Benjamin, Booker T. Booker T was one of the few that came back, but like a lot of these guys, derailed. I don't think anyone's really been derailed by losing to Cody Rhodes. No, I I agree with you. I don't think so. I mean, you know, in a, in a big match like this, sure, Brody lost the title, but you know, he he's he's been elevated to a point where he's it's never not been. going. To, yeah, he's never been that point, and he's it's not going to hurt his character. It's not going to hurt who he is as as a wrestler, as his role on on AW Dynamite. Um, be, you know, if it was if it was say Cody squashing Brody, all right, then yeah. I'd say okay, now we got a problem here. But this match was what 10, 15 minutes long. I want to say it got close to twenty. Like that's it, and and that's just it. Like it's for them to put out that long of a match, that the you know there's no, I know you know the internet exploded saying oh you know Brody Lee's I I disagree with half the internet. Brody Lee is not done. He's not done by long shot. Um, not buried in the slightest. You know, you know is he? You know, some people I read are tossing oh he was a transitional champion. Uh, nope, I disagree. I don't think he's a transitional champion. He was a champion at the right time, right moment. Um, and here, and and my take on this is, and is that you know, Orange Cassidy already had a shot at Brody Lee for the TNT Championship. He right. had his chance. Good match. And it was a oh yeah, absolutely. Now he's going to wrestle Cody for the TNT Championship. He's good. This. So this, this, it's 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 again. This is that moment of, well, is he? Is, he's not. He's not going to beat Cody, or will he? Well, the big the big poll they're having is will he do a collar and elbow tie up with? Yeah, Cody? oh, I saw that. Tweet. I, I was I like, I was like, that you know what? Brilliant. That's just the only AEW is the only place you can get away with that question. Uh, <laughs> I've seen a lot of people suggest that somehow this will end up a three way at the pay per view, which I'm fine with that. I think that would be pretty cool. Uh, so who do you got in this match? Cody and Orange Cassidy. Remember, we don't see a lot of, we don't see DQs in, in AEW. Right. DQs and, don't happen. And, and countouts, I don't think, I, I can't, I don't think I've, we've had been one, one draw. or two. We've had right, one draw, draw, and that was Pac and, and Mox on the mm-hmm. second show. Then that was yep. the main event of the second show, yeah. And they, they haven't gone to that draw well too often, which yeah. is good. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, oof. You know, I'm, I'm going on the limb because I, I and I think I, th- I think I've told you some theories that I have about where Cody's headed. So I'm yeah, going to the go. The opposite I'm of what to, he told everyone. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. What, what are you talking about? I I don't know anything. I just hey, look over there. Um, I'm going. I'm going. We're freshly squeezed on this one. I think it's. I, I honestly think unless it's like Brody costs him the match. That's my caveat. That's my editor-in-chief cheat card, yep. <laughs> um, is, which oddly rhymes, is I'm going to go Orange Cassidy, too. 
I don't think Cody should hold on to it. I would love to see because how great would that be? And, the, and if Cody's really going to go heel, um, mm-hmm. yep, have him. He he gets he had, he loses to Brody Lee so fast, has to go through a war to get it mm-hmm. back, and then loses to, lose it right to, away. Yep. to the guy with his hands in his pockets. And if mm-hmm. there's anyone who he could get heat on. Or who, who oh, I sound like a dick saying that. Uh, if there's anyone he could beat up that fans would turn on Cody for, it would be yeah, it's Orange Cassidy. It would be him. And I think about the after he won the title last week from Brody Lee, he gets on the mic. He's out. He goes, "I'm doing it for you fans. It's for the fans." Like he didn't need to do that. He didn't need to say it. And that's where the gear in my head turned. Well, he loves those fans so much. We all know next week those fans are going to be chanting for Orange Cassidy. Yes, they definitely will. And he has not – I don't think we've ever seen him positioned against anyone where they're going to cheer for them over him. Yeah. This, Unlike this the true. Bucks who were cheered um, against Kenny and Hangman. Mm-hmm. We saw that you know everyone really went in on Kenny and Hangman, yeah. uh, mostly Hangman. Uh, let's talk about the AEW women's title. Mm-hmm. Just announced recently on uh, social media that Hikaru Shida will be taking on Big Swole. Big Swole said, I don't care if there's no build-up or backstory. This is going to be a fight, and this is my opportunity. Like that sentiment. AEW's women's division, we'd be remiss if we did not talk about that for a hot second. Yep. Uh, Not been their strongest suit. No, and and that's something I think we've seen even when we talked about the halfway point. We we were – Hopeful that the women's division would improve. Um, you know, it. I, I don't think I'm in the minority here, but the women's division has not really had the, the opportunity to see improvement. Unfortunately, you know, uh, Statlander's out with an injury. Uh, Britt Baker just came back. Um, the Michael so Jordan still- of pro wrestling. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> oh, so good. She, but I think she's, if you're going to talk about anything in the women's division positively, mm-hmm. I think. Well, besides Sheeta having an incredible, she's done incredible during the pandemic. She's had great yeah. matches. Her match with Penelope, I thought was great. Her, mm-hmm. her series of Thunder Rosa has been our match with That's Thunder Rosa was awesome, fantastic. Um, but Britt Baker, man, she really Steve Austin the hell out of this uh, out of twenty twenty, man, because yeah, she did. I remember when she it was in Texas and she made that Whataburger joke and then the then the horns and put him down. Everyone's mm-hmm. like. Oh my, like you thought you just, they, she slapped their mother. Like yep. she got that legit people were like F you lady. I'm trying not to swear mm-hmm. as much on podcasts. Well, at least okay. this one. Um, it's so, nice. but it's, um, yeah, they, she, and then the injury only made her better. And it was, she got yeah. the time to shine and Reba, who knew she would be a, <laughs> her best run in wrestling. But, right. uh, the women's division has suffered because, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Um, they did not have a marquee star when they started it, mm-hmm. uh, like they did the tag in the singles division. I think they're playing the long con and hoping Tessa Blanchard would sign with them. And, and I think they were going to build it around Kylie, Nyla, and and Britt. And I think mm-hmm. they were going to put a lot. They put they were putting a lot of their eggs in a basket on Kylie Ray, su- supplement that with international talent. And then when Tessa became available, they would sign her. When Deanna Perazzo came available, probably because she wasn't going to stay with NXT, um, they would sign her. Now she's saying she wants to stay long term with Impact. Um, 
they banked on a lot of things that happen. It's like the New York Knicks. And I always say they always are banking <laughs> yep. on that star that They're never banking comes. banking on something, but yeah. Uh, but I think the quality of matches has gotten better. I thought the tag team stuff was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Yeah. But they need to dedicate more time to the women's division. And But I, I, I like this match, and I hope they give it room to breathe because I think Big Swole is someone who started out. I was like, she's good, but she's super raw, and I think she found mm-hmm. her groove as a character, most importantly. And she's strong in the ring. These two women are going. This is the sleeper match of the night for me. They're going to knock the crap out of each other, and it's, we're we're going to definitely benefit from uh, watching this match for sure. I'm going to go, and I'm going to go chalk. I'm going to go. Uh, Garshid is going to win. Yeah, and and a hundred percent. You know, Swole is definitely developed as a character. She's got that toughness, and you know what? Uh oh, you, you're holding my, your breath on I, something. Should I change my mind? Just go ahead, because okay. I just thought of something. So go ahead. And I mean, you know, Hikaru Shida is no, she's a hard hitter and you got, you got two women who you're going to, I mean, we're, I mean, you and I have seen them, so we may not be completely shocked at how hard they hit each other, but people who don't ex- like, Oh, what are two women going to do? They're going to throw forearms at, at each other. Like the way some, uh, NJPW wrestlers are going to throw this, that that's the thing. And, and like that, that commentary that, that I think if, if you're a dude and you're still thinking that women can't throw down. I mean, just, just stop being a wrestling fan at this point, man. Yeah. Because you haven't watched anything WWE, NXT, AEW, Impact, any of these promotions have done with some great match of the years. Like, I mean, oh, you're, yeah. you're missing out on it. I mean, stop being an idiot. Um, I, I The winner of this match is interesting because I thought, I'm like, oh, big, no way Big Spoles, but I'm like, but <laughs> Britt's going to challenge the winner. Mm-hmm. And she has a good story with both. That's right. She's, they, they've had that long-standing feud. and Sheeta, you know, it, you know, she's, you know, she remember Sheeta busted her nose, mm-hmm. and so man, we maybe, um, but yeah, I'm gonna stick with Sheeta, but I, I would love to see Big Soul win, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I I I, I could lean like. If Britt Baker somehow, you see, in, in a weird way, if Britt Baker got involved in this match. I don't think it would be to screw Big Swole. I think it would be to screw to screw over Hikaru Shida. So Swole gets the title, and Baker would would, would try to go against her as a motive of revenge. Be a little you know convoluted booking, but you know what? A, yeah, exactly. And you know what? AEW is not straightforward booking like so many people have been used to throughout the years. They have been known to throw a few curveballs and uh, and do something a little bit different. Uh- Taking a break from the title matches, uh, Miro and Kip Sabian will be in tag team action. Um, I don't know who they're going to fight here. Um, what do you think of Miro in AEW so far? Of course, he came in, debuted um, at uh, Hold on, All Out. Kip Sabian mm-hmm. made a reference to he was going. He well, obviously in real life, he and Penelope Ford are getting married, and mm-hmm. he said, I ha- "I'm going to introduce my best man. I want everyone to guess who my best man is going to be." And of course, we had the the fake out with indie wrestler Puff, and who's great. I think he should be in the crowd every week. He has the best reactions. Also, a great match from him on Dark. So awesome. Um, and then uh, we had Brian Pillman Jr. Mm-hmm. And then it was Miro, the yep. former Rusev. Um, so, what do you think about Miro so far in AEW? So far, I'm 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 liking I'm liking where he is right now. He. His appearance looks more comfortable. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have that rigid look or or feel that he had previously. I feel like, like, and to be a cliche, like maybe like Brody Lee, they get to breathe. 
Yeah. Like, it, it, like he looked comfortable. Now in his first match, there was that scary spot where I thought he got injured. Yeah, I think a lot of people. Uh, did. And felt, I also felt like that's why he hasn't wrestled in a while because I feel like they're like, all right, yeah. take your time because like, he yeah, signed for a few years with them. Yeah, the, yeah, they they don't want anything bad happening to him when he when he went down off the apron and looked like he twisted that ankle. I was like, oh no! And you know what? You know, it may not have been the best match, you know, for his you know for his uh, debut, but it got him back in the ring. And his promos afterwards, he's had some pretty funny stuff. And we saw some of that when he was with Aiden English towards the end of his WWE run. But unfortunately, that got stifled. Yeah. He wasn't able to, to, to you know, really go, go through with that. And now here is an AEW. I mean, he had a bit where he was, he was in his element. He was playing video games at an arcade. Like, that's his element. The, the, the dude's a gamer. He, and uh, naturally, he, of course, had to make his uh, Twitch plug. Um, <laughs> Oh, and, and, and also, that see, whole thing is a podcast for another day. And all right, um, like, and, but and, but that's the thing, you know. He he seemed more comfortable in this element now, so I think that while it may not have been the best debut, I really think he's hitting his stride. And whether he stays with Kip Sabian or not, I I see good things for him. I look at him like uh, I listened to the We Watch Wrestling podcast, which is a really good like comedy wrestling podcast. They were saying how. It, it feels very obvious that AEW signed him but didn't have anything for him at the moment. So they're like, okay, we're just going to have you just let people know you're there. And then when we have the right story, we're going to unleash you. And, uh, yeah, I think that's going to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, if you were hoping – it's 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 a weird line because, like, we people will bitch about, like, oh, of course the old WWE guy is going to come in there and shoot right to the top. Why not let him slow burn and rebrand? Yeah. As Miro, it's you know this is not like the WWE way. Like remember when new guys would come in like during the Attitude mm-hmm. Era and be like, "Here's Jerry Lynn. Oh, we're gonna put the cruiserweight title on him and then we'll bury him on Velocity, right? And then we'll just try and bring him back. Uh, we'll put him back, and then yeah. it just never works out. They become passe pretty quick. Where I think like you're with Miro, it's just like, all right, we're gonna build him up on the undercard, and then one day because everyone knows how good he is. Mm-hmm. Would you be shocked at full gear after the main event if Moxley still has the title? He comes in, rips Moxley in half. <laughs> no, you wouldn't be surprised by that. Or he comes no. after Cody or comes after whatever. I think there's a lot of room for Miro to grow here. I mean, his debut hasn't been the best. I did like last week where he has his own like cabinet. He's just playing <laughs> as Miro on the side. I think I mean, it's fun. And uh, – and like I like I like the fact they have like the, even the the lower two you know, pineapple Pete was a great example. Yep. There's a character, you know. Here's a person you know who this person is. Um, then we're gonna have MJF has a huge announcement. What do you think that is? <laughs> um. Well, he didn't respond to my tweet, so maybe I'm getting my hopes up. You're I mean, you're probably better off that he didn't. I, mean, I don't I think don't... it would have been too kind. I don't know. You know, you never know what could happen. You know, you know. We 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 know we we got we got the Jewish blood there. You know, he's gonna do a he's gonna do a favor for a yid now. Uh. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would love to say yes, but I just can't. Yeah, I, you're probably right. I'm maybe just gosh darn getting my hopes up. Um, but uh, his big announcement. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily firing Wardlow. Um, although that'd be just funny if he just turns up like you're gone and that's it. Um, his his big announcement is going to be the debut 
of his action figure in the Wave 2 line of AEW. Oh, yeah, they, know, just announced, figures. Uh, they, they just announced yeah. some. Is yeah, yeah. Wave, they, two? It, the, wave 2? Wave uh, 2, the, the first one they announced was Hangman Page's figure. And uh, Ray Phoenix. And Ray Phoenix, that's right. So They're waiting for they, Wave 3 for that Orange Cassidy big seller, I'm telling you. <laughs> But, we know it's funny. The, these figures you cannot find in stores. No, my, shout out to my buddy, uh, our friend of the podcast, Kenny Pete. He's a he's a big fig uh, searcher, and he tells me he's like, man, they they are not. He, he took them a little bit to get them, but you see on Beanie Elite, they never have them. I they, they never find them. But I think it's the inner circle. I think he's going to mm. join the inner circle. I mean, it definitely could be the toy announcement too. Because he's, be. he's such a shit. He's such a shit. No, that's that. like like my action figure. With, you know, like yeah, that's very true. I uh, mm-hmm. the, there's going to be something happen with him and Jericho. Yeah, that that will. I hope. I, and I hope they really stretch that. I don't want a one and done with these guys. They really need to build this for a while. Someone brought up a good point about them, though. It's like almost like you kind of have to do it in an empty arena because it's just mm. like, or because it's like, who's the good guy here? Because you right. run the risk of people just shitting on MJF and right. not caring and just rooting for Jericho, not getting the you know he's not being a heel. He's just people are like whatever. We love Jericho because people right. do. Everyone loves Jericho. Mm-hmm. Who's like? Let's face it. Like he is the MV, he's the MVP of AEW in so many ways. Oh yeah, but. I think it's inner circle thing. I, I'm just wondering if we're going to see Sammy kicked out of the the inner circle. Mm. And I mean, it's going to be he didn't MJ. get a jacket. He didn't get a jacket. He didn't get a jacket. And um, I just think, yeah, the inner circle needs a freshen. And I, I could definitely see this being like the inverse. In many ways, it could be such a weird parallel I'm going to make. When Sting joined the Horsemen, and then they kicked oh, Sting out, and when he blew his knee out, yep. the inverse of that, where it's like MJF somehow turns on the inner circle. And I don't know if he takes over the inner circle. Mm. Like, I, there's going to be something here. The inner circle just, like, also, like, I mean, I could do without Jake Hager. But, like, <laughs> you have enough big guys there now. Like, uh, right. But I look at him just like, hmm, I don't know. It would be interesting. But I think I think it has something to do with the inner circle. Or at least it'll be made out to be, like, he's joining the inner circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then let's go into our next two uh, – Let's go into our next two. I, mean, I, I do, I do like the Jericho and MJF. It's like, it's like you know, wabbit season, duck season, wabbit it's season. It's exactly like, that, and it's, you know, it's, Jericho, it's comedy gold. You know, Jericho watched Looney Tunes, drunk on <laughs> Grey Goose, and was just like, "That's what I want to do. That's what we're doing. <laughs> this is it." Um, let's go with the tag team match. Um, mm. Best friends, no Sue at ringside. Bummer. Well, actually, we don't know that. We don't know yeah. that. Uh, is taking on FTR with Tully Blanchard. Your thoughts on FTR so far in AEW? A lot of people, a lot of the internet is just like, they're not good. Um, what's your take on FTR before we get into this match prediction? So, so I understand, but I think the, you know, the internet fans, probably like most of us, got all hyped up knowing that FTR would inevitably inevitably come to AEW. Mm-hmm. And I think what happened was it got hyped up way, way more than it needed to be. So the expectation was, oh my God, it's FTR. They're the greatest team ever. And they're, every match they're going to put on is a five-star mm-hmm. Hall of Fame exactly. match. Exactly. They're, 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 you know, they're, they're going to be on Meltzer's you know, top list every time. But I think that's reserved for the Young Bucks. 
<laughs> Listen, he's, but, he's on the payroll. No, it's a, it's a joke. It's a joke, Dave. <laughs> Not like Dave listens to this podcast. If he did, but, I would have. I we should. I would love to interview Meltzer with you. That'd, that'd be that'd be cool. I'm in. <laughs> but anyway, but we're um, this, that's yeah. But that but that's the thing. Like, you know, he, things get hyped up more than they need to be. So when your expectations are really beyond the reality. When they don't live up to that 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 you know that far fetched reality, then it's like, oh well, they're just average. Sorry, guys, this the average that you might be seeing is actually way better than most tag team wrestling out there. I mean, they they do so many callbacks to old school wrestling, which is something that made tag team wrestling great to begin with. Um, you know, frequent tags, actual tag team moves together. Um, they, they do a lot of that, having Tully, Tully Blanchard in their corner with, hey, the managerial jacket. I like that. Um, oh, yeah. And he's been, since he's with them, his, his, he's, he's got some really good stuff. When oh, he, absolutely. When he healed on an arm that one time, I'm like, oh, damn. Oh, Tully, mm-hmm. what you doing? Yeah. And, and that's the, you know, you know FTR, it's, it's, you know, they're, they're great. You know, listen, I'll, I'll say on the mic, they're not 100% the best on the mic. I, you know, I'll, I'll say that. But you know what? In the ring, I always think they're gold. Steiner I, I really brothers think... sucked on the mic. They were great oh, yeah, in the ring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the th- you know that's the thing with tag team wrestling that I've always felt in general. The the it's the chemistry between the the duo always makes the match. Sure, cutting a promo here, challenging, saying you're going to challenge for the belt, or you're going to go after these guys. Okay, it's obligatory. You have to say that. I've been I've been happy with FTR's run in AEW so far. Um, the their start off with Hangman, I think was 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 great uh was great uh, work um you know obviously you know they the the connection with the alcohol is what kicked it off but you know what they is. worked <laughs> i mean it's always a great connection but awesome. they, they worked they worked really well together and i really felt that ftr just wasn't dropped in and said okay you know make it work i really felt like their introduction and integration into aw was really fluid i really i really think they they meshed very well with the aw atmosphere um so, you know, that being said, you know, they've had some great matches. Um, was every match a five-star match? No, and they don't have to be. They just have to be good matches. I have to be matches that I want to say, hey, I want to see that again. And that's what I get from them. I, I think the one thing that sucks about FTR is that we didn't see the debut in front of a full crowd. Mm-hmm. That, like, because I, I thought, because I remember when they pulled up, I'm like, oh, shit, it's them. Mm-hmm. But, like, that, yeah, but, like if crowd. you would have, like, say that was in... Charlotte, North Carolina. Ooh, whoo. that would have that, that would have been huge. Roof would have blown off. Um, I think the, the the only thing I didn't like about FTR's presentation so far was it was like kind of like they were faces than not. Right. It was a, it was very great. weren't sure which direction. They yeah, were and I was like, eh, okay. But uh, yeah, I've I've always been an FTR guy, and I'm super stoked that they're here. I feel like they're taken as important. They're not just another mm-hmm. team. They're not just like. They're not here because they they were famous elsewhere. It's they're here because they're really really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's also another point we're going to bring up later. I'm bringing them back. Um, and then uh, so we got this match, best friends, FTR, who, who walks out with the gold. Um, so I'm I'm calling FTR on this one because as much as I really really okay. want the best friends to win the titles, too soon. Um, too soon in the fact that it would be too soon for FTR to lose them. Yes, because I, I, I'm like, man, Best Friends is really worth their asses if off. It was, if it yeah. was any, if it was if, if Best Friends were challenging any other team, 
You know, if they were challenging Hangman and and uh, Kenny Omega, I would have I would have made my bet on Best Friends. I I absolutely 100% would yeah. have. But FTR just got the gold. They're doing their you know the 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 brush with greatness. The the twenty the twenty minute matches. So good. Uh, which is it's 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 a, it's it sounds like a silly gimmick, but you know what I I, I like it. Um, but that's the thing. If if it wasn't FTR, I would call Best Friends. But you know, if maybe they can draw out a feud for a while, maybe sometime down the road, Best Friends would win it. Now, if they do win, I would be I would be shocked. I would be happy about it. But I'm not getting my hopes up. I would love it if Best Friends lose because of nefarious means. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, all right, we beat Santana and Ortiz in a street fight. You come to our backyard. And mm-hmm. then um, FTR wins that. And you're like, oh, okay. No, we saw them. We saw them get dirty. You know, now we know mm-hmm. what they can do. Because I think they're still holding out for FTR bucks in front of a live crowd. Yeah. And um, I also have this little itch in the back of my head because they have been you know you're you're seeing this brush with greatness you know we're challenging any team now impact wrestling has said hey if and ftr's called them out like if you want the north talk to your bosses man what i love first off i think ethan page is gonna end up in AEW anyway um Mm -hmm. but man you get those i think the north is a wildly underrated great team To have them do a home and home, you know, hey, they go to Impact and then they come to Mm -hmm. AEW. You kind of did what you did with Sheeta and Thunder Rosa. You extend, you extend things, and you have the novelty there. And this way, you extend the the reign, and then you can figure out when we're going to do this thing with the Bucks. Because I don't know if they know what's happening with the Bucks right now, right? Because they haven't wrestled in quite some time. I don't know if that's an injury or not, but Mm -hmm. because Nick wasn't wrestling for a while, so yeah. Let's get to the main event or. Well, the world title is always a main event when de- defended on the AEW, which I appreciate. Uh, John Moxley, who just came off a successful win at Josh Barnett's Bloodsport this weekend, beating Ooh. the Dirty Daddy, Chris Dickinson, takes wow. on the Murderhawk monster, Lance Good. Archer, in a rematch, basically, from the New Japan, let's say it again, New Japan, I'll be talking about that later, New Japan <laughs> uh, uh, Wrestle Kingdom, where Mox beat Lance Archer for his, uh, to re- regain the IWGP US title. They've been really pushing this match. They've been really pushing for Archer uh, and, and, and Mox in this main event. They're, I don't know. This is. I think Moxley retains here because... Uh, <laughs> But man, that would be a ballsy move to put that belt on Lance Archer, and I, I almost would really applaud them for doing that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I, on this one, I was, I'm gonna call Mox to retain. Uh, but with, the, with the same thing you've said, because I'm not, because that's the thing, you know, Archer has not been given a whole lot of time on TV, and the times that he has. He's lobbing somebody over his shoulder. He's beating somebody up. All Jake the Snake has this really creepy grin on his face. Yeah. Um, so not a, not a whole lot has been really going on with Archer. So on the one hand, it's like, all right, they're throwing a big guy at Mox. They have some history. Maybe, maybe you know, let's see what comes of it. You know, if they do pull the trigger and, and throw the belt to Archer, it would definitely be shocking. I'll give it Super that. Definitely, be a, definitely a shocker. I just... I, I just have a hard time seeing how the fans react to something like that. Like, we'll be like, oh, 
because it could be like oh my god whoa didn't expect that like okay cool or it's oh yeah oh see what happens next like where where would archer go if archer loses where does it go (laughs) is a big thing true too i don't think and i'm gonna hot take here i don't think archer needs jake the snake Mm, i just because i think jake like when he first came out some of his promos in the beginning were like you're like wow that's really yeah. good, and then his all his stuff against Cody was really good. Since they took Archer away from Cody, I feel like he's got he's just been rambling, and it hasn't been good. And when Archer talks, you're like, oh, well, I fear that guy. Like that's coming up, and he hits the every everybody dies thing, and I'm just like, okay, like I don't think we need him, Jake, right. with him anymore. But um, but yeah, I, I I almost would like to see Taz with Archer. Eddie Kingston with Archer, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna go Moxley because there's a guy. I think if there's one guy who suffered from pandemic, well, let's say at, whose status in a company has suffered from pandemic, he was getting the, he was their Steve Austin. He was getting like when he would. I remember he came out to squash Alex Reynolds, mm-hmm. and he got the, in early days of Dynamite. He got this monster reaction. It was yeah. massive, and he was getting those just like fever pitch reactions and you're like whoa yeah. like a year ago this guy like january 2019 this guy was getting you know people were sitting on their hands when he was coming out in wwe right but he's totally reinvented himself and i just don't know if archer's the guy but then again it's like where does archer go right what happens with him unless him and brody lee become a tag team and you know but that that's a, that's a good point you know archer might be one of those guys that would benefit from a tag team partner yeah and or or join or maybe like you said join a stable either join kingston stable join you know or join taz um fdr or fdr i mean he he could be you know and you know he could be their diesel be their you know big guy enforcer um you know, and I, I was thinking about what you said about Snake. I mean, I, I've liked Snake with Archer because, you know, Snake makes a decent mouthpiece. But the truth is, if Archer has no direction right now, what good's the mouthpiece? Exactly. Like, where, what's what's the purpose it, of it? You're Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard, is what exactly. you from earlier. And I think we're still going to get something from Sean Spears soon. I've, yeah, he's he's had some some interesting bits where he lurks around backstage. Which I don't mind. Like if he, yeah, like, I don't, I don't, I don't mind, mind it. I want him around. Because and there's the thing about AEW too is like, and I don't know if I'm just like a, a, a nim-witted fanboy or not, but like, I feel like when it comes to their, well, I'm opening up my phone to see the match card. We've gone through all the matches. Jesus, <laughs> no. is like I'm willing to give their creative time. I'm like, okay, let's see where they go with this, and it and sometimes it doesn't pay off. Nightmare Collective, and then they're like, okay, we're done. Yeah, uh, but sometimes it does, and, and it's pretty cool. Or sometimes they give people a chance, like the butcher and the blade, mm-hmm. and you love a good monocle. We gotta put, we gotta I, put I, that. I, I, I love a good monocle. We gotta put. He's the got, monocle he's got the curly stash and the monocle. He can't beat that man. Yeah, um, but yeah. So I, I, I don't. I totally lost my train of thought. But uh, yeah, I like to. See, I like to see where Spears goes. But and I trust that they they have some decent ideas. So let's yeah. let's see where it all happens. So let's. So we got through this episode of Dynamite, our predictions. Let's let's talk about the future of AEW. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the Forbidden Door because you uh, got to talk door. about the Forbidden mm-hmm. Door. Now, people don't know what the Forbidden Door is, and that is something that um, I think was that phrase came around Wrestle Kingdom, probably in December of last year. 
and the Forbidden Door is the working relationship between AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, yep. recently, Harold Mage, I believe his name, or Harold Meiji, yeah. uh, he was the president of New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, resigned. There is new, um, there is a new president in there. And man, the minute he came in, Hiroshi Tanahashi is uh, <laughs> congratulating Chris Jericho on 30 years of uh, 30 years of pro wrestling. We we yep. say the words New Japan. We wrestle. We reference Wrestle Kingdom. We show. Uh, I don't know if they show footage or stills. Um, well, they uh, they showed stills from Mox Archer. Yeah, so I mean, you're showing stuff show from there. Stills, and I think for for Bucks, they've shown some stills as well. Yeah, so I mean, it's like. Could we? I mean, I don't have to ask you if you want to see it, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, let's talk about let's let's in the next year. Let's say like, hey, next by next di- next year of dynamite because they got a contract for a few years. Yep, this has got to happen, right? The, I I think it's going to happen, and oh, I mean, it's got to happen. It, yeah, it has to because. You know, there it's been alluded to before. I know early on in the AEW days, the Bucks were like, "Nope, not we're not touching this. We're not going to address it." People tried getting statements from Omega. Omega wouldn't talk about it. Even at the points, Chris Jericho, when he was floating back and forth, he he even said he's like, "Sorry, no comment." Like, you know, it was that. Well, he the, he actually came out. Him and Mox after Russell Kane were both like, "This is stupid. Why aren't we working together?" Yeah. Rocky Romero said, mm. you know, "He's buddies with them. He said we should work That's together." Right. But do you think it was it wasn't a bad idea that in year one AEW wasn't working with New Japan? No, actually, it's I I think it's been fine that they haven't because you, AEW needed to get a foothold on their own. But if if they would have you know start off a month, two months, and then suddenly had a flood of uh, New Japan come in, well then once they left, then what what happened? You just well, ring a bottle. What happened? Exactly. The same thing all over again. AEW needed to get a foothold on their own. So it's not a horrible thing that, you know, there was no working relationship at the time. Or, you know, they just said, hey, now's we're look, the Bucks and Omega and Cody could have said, hey, we got to establish ourselves first before we even think about doing anything else. And we've, we're seeing that now. We're seeing, you know, that olive branch, you know, with the NWA. They've got Brian Cage. They've got Ricky Starks. They have Thunder Rosa. I mean, Thunder Rosa have, is the biggest olive branch right now. Yeah. Um, and is it possible we may see that olive branch with impact? I think it's definitely a possibility. They, they still sort of – I mean, Kenny's the AAA champion in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's – I mean, and Cody has mentioned, you know, he's like, once things clear up, you know, we want to we wanna get – there's there's dudes there that you could bring in, Taurus, uh, Vikingo, like guys who are mm-hmm. – Super great. I definitely need to bring some of the women in there. They're awesome. Patty yeah. Patchy, uh, Lady Shani, all super talented. I could see AAA needs to happen, I think, before New Japan. But you still also, I think you have New Japan guys in the States right now. You mm-hmm. have yeah. the Girls of Destiny. You got Kenta. You know, you got those three guys alone. You don't have to have anyone else show up but them right, right. now. And and people will go bonkers for that. But I mean, I think the day Okada comes out, they're gonna <laughs> shit because I mean, and right. he they they all have good relationships too. I mean, Okada and the Bucks like are very close. Like, <laughs> it's gotta happen. It's just gotta. It, it, it's it's gotta happen. And, and and that's the thing, you know, with the COVID thing, you know, remains to be seen how yeah. soon that happens. But 
you know, at least drop the tease, drop, drop that, you know, little hint to make people say, wait a minute, this might be reality. I mean, um, Evil Uno uh, asked about the uh, G1 Tag League. <laughs> he did. That, the Orange Cassidy supposedly tweeted, uh, when's this Best of Super Juniors thing happening? I mean, I, I mean it, the, it, it would the, be big business for both. Absolutely. And, and New Japan could use that business right now. I uh, definitely You know, with, 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 the, with the changeover. And they were hurt pretty bad also with, with the pandemic. Um, and giving them a bigger, a bigger American audience with AEW. And they don't have to show up all the time they don't need you know 12 guys on every show no. just you know have have that little talent exchange you know look we, we we've got we've got thunder rosa coming over to aw you know a couple weeks here and there she's not a regular she doesn't have to be a regular but we know that she can show up and, and she can and will wrestle <laughs> i mean it would be nice but she can and will show up and wrestle on dynamite she'll wrestle on a pay-per-view we we can i mean look we, we like i said we got ricky stars eddie kingston we got these guys coming in I mean, it, it's great that AEW is, they're doing something that promotion should be doing more often and working together. Like they used to do in Territory Days. Absolutely. Exchange, I mean, it, exchange of champions. It would it would make, it would like, think about like, okay, Jungle Boy, let's send you over to Japan. You know, being the best of Super Juniors. And then you see him come back a better wrestler. I mean, not that he's a bad wrestler, I'm just saying he come over as a better wrestler. Have Wardlow go over there and work with some of those guys. Like, sending guys over there to, okay, we're going to rotate you guys out for a tour in Japan and see how much it would help them. They'd make some extra money. And then it's like, okay, give us, you know, person X, person Y, you know, give us... Hell, if they sent over Yuji Nagata, he still would be. He, <laughs> people would be like, "Fuck!" It's okay, maybe just me. Nuts. I'd be like, "Fuck!" It's Yuji Nagata, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. But think about him going like he's like, "I'm gonna challenge for the TNT title." Yeah. And you're like, "Whoa!" Too bad mm-hmm. Liger's not around anymore. But like, right? You know, send some cats over, like you know, Taguchi coming over, even like you know, this is a lower end guy, but he's like in New Japan, but he'd be treated really well here. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think it would be awesome. Uh, what is something you would like to see improved on Dynamite in the AEW a year from today? Oof, year from year from today on Dynamite. Um, interesting thought. I mean, I will. I I would hope to see um, more more women's matches and improved women's division. I mean, that that I think is a given. Yeah. Um, but Im- improvement on Dynamite, you know, it's. You know, because I'm satisfied with what I'm seeing right now, it's it's hard to say what I'd like to see improved, but. Um, you know, actually there, there is something the, you see, he, and I don't know if it's, if it's widespread across the country, but the placement of the commercials and the picture in picture, that's been something that's irked me a bit because I, I'm very appreciative for the picture in picture. Oh, yeah. I think it's great that we get, I, that we, it's great that we get the wrestling, you know, while seeing the commercials. But I've noticed the placement of these sometimes, I don't know, maybe they're just not timing it right, maybe something in production. There have been quite a few times Jared will say, okay, we're headed to picture-in-picture. Picture. But then they don't hit to picture-in-picture. Picture. A few minutes later they do, and it seems like something's off, like some big spot will happen. I'm thinking, that probably should have happened when we came back from picture-in-picture. Picture. So yeah. I don't know if it's a production issue. So not so much in terms of the quality of the show, but more the quality of the production. Like, I've really been satisfied with the layout and the format of the wrestling shows. Um, very similarly, and I, and I think I've, I've mentioned this before, um, a lot of similarities to the, to the New, New Japan style of wrestling. They'll go from match to match. 
There's no long, they don't have eight backstage promos, and then an in-ring promo, and then another promo, and a promo on top of a promo. They go from one match to the next, and the storytelling's done during the matches. That's what I've liked. I think I would like to see within Dynamite sometimes, I would like to see more of the vignette, like what we saw in the Road 2 shows, like the building mm-hmm. of character, like through vignettes. Mm-hmm. I think I would like to see like one or two of those, like even though it's like we have someone new coming in. Like when Thunder Rosa came in, they're like, here's a package on Thunder Rosa. Awesome. Like if we're like, okay, next week it's going to be this person and this person. And here's a look at this feud. And we just get it that one time. We don't play it back again the next week or three times. We get the one done. It's just like, or we get some sort of like canned, like I liked when uh, Shivani and Hangman had that little interview. And he's like, you know, don't give me a wrestler speak. Give me what you're really thinking. I'm like, that's good. That's, like, let's, that, let's yeah, see that. Like, I don't need the backstage promo or the backstage interview segment. I like the fact it's interview segments, not just talk. I'm here talking in front of a microphone. <laughs> right. um, but, yeah, I, I want to see that a little bit more. Let's let's build a little more character here because I feel like there's some people who are still a little rudderless. Like, mm-hmm. okay, we had that really cool Joey Janela Sunny Kiss uh, package. Yeah. Didn't take him anywhere. Yeah, that kind of just up and vanished. Yeah, so it's like, okay, let's let's take some people. So if we're going to push some people like – we should be having one of Will Hobbs. Yes. Let's have, he, let's, as an up-and-comer, that's, you make a good point. Let's just have that with Will You know, they do it with Darby Allen. It's like, here's Darby's latest crazy stuff. Okay, yeah, I'm just yeah. reminding you he's nuts, which is perfect. <laughs> right. And it's just like, because if you didn't see Darby Allen in a while, you forgot about him. Oh, he's nuts. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, here's this piece on Will Hobbs. And they have the production value for it. They can do it. Here's a piece on... Sean Spears, here's on this person, on that person. I think it would work really to their advantage. Like if they sign that Ben Carter guy, like you definitely got to do one on him. Oh yeah, definitely need something on that. And, That's uh, a good point. Yeah, just like have it built up. And I think they've done a good job, even when matches mean, even what they did with Luther and Jericho. You knew who was going to win that match, but they made you, they they made it serious. They made it like this is a big match, guys. Right. And that's like cool. Like we need more of that consistency in AEW. Obviously, besides yeah. better women's wrestling, I think they need right. to keep striving towards diversity within who they push. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Racial diversity is what I'm sa- uh, saying. Not just like okay, just don't push the elite. Uh, which they, <laughs> which I, I like you said, I'm glad they haven't been yeah. o- overly reliant on them. But yeah, that's what I want to see. Uh, so yeah, that's that's it for this episode. Right. We we didn't go too too long. Uh, hey, we kept it an hour 15 or so. So, Mike, where can people find you on social media? So, uh, right now, social media, I'm still located on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Um, Twitter handles uh, at OmegaX80. Because you're such um, a Kenny Omega fan. Because I am a Kenny Omega, or maybe he's a fan of me. You know, I, there you I, go. I, it, he could be a fan of mine. You never know. Think, strange things happen. Hey, listen, I've had tweets liked by Cody, it's happened. Same. I think I did. Did did Omega like one of my tweets at one point, or maybe it was Hangman? I don't remember. It's probably Hangman. Um, but you know, on the flip side, Hulk Hogan still, still, I'm still on a shit list. You're still blocked by Hulk Hogan. That's right. I am still blocked by Hulk Hogan. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, I, listen, I'm still, I'm, yep. So I'm still on Twitter advocating for uh, you know more mental health than wrestling. Absolutely. Um, so AEW, if you're listening, this guy will help you. That's right. Um, I mean, I mean, you know, for all jokes, he's not doing for, it for free. I mean, listen, exactly. You know, my, you know, part of my livelihood, but you know, in all, in all seriousness, and this may sound like a cheap plug, but you know, we've seen a lot from, you know, 
from people who are not just wrestlers, but people working in the wrestling industry, you know, it does take a toll. All the travel, the high intensity work, the, the rapid fire got to be on. Being, and being on Twitter, you know, unfortunately, social media can be a detriment more than a, than a help. Um, unfortunately, we've seen that with uh, a lot of wrestlers. Uh, we had that with um, with Cass, uh, Cass or Big Cass. He was known as one point. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, he had a lot of issues. Um, and Eric um, Stevens, he's an indie guy, just Eric's, retired. He just was like, hey, I'm, I'm good with not social media kind of knocked it out of me. Yeah. Besides, I mean, even you know, for a while. Yeah, I mean, and and for a while the Bucks stayed off social media because you know it gets too intense. Yeah, it, it 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 can be very intense, and unfortunately we've already had a uh, um, you know I know he returned on SmackDown, but already uh, Heat Lars Sullivan, um, but he he is somebody who you know was give was ready for a, a main well not to say that he was ready, but the company was ready to give him a main event push, but you know it it, it can be too much for a person, and you know a lot of uh, anxiety and stress can. Uh, unfortunately you know really uh, stagger someone's career so mental health is always important so i'm on social media on twitter uh, i'm labeled as a mental health professional on twitter so i'm not too uh, hard to find also on facebook and there's a good chance i'm still on myspace don't you have an ebay store you want to push of course i you know thank you you know always always good to plug my ebay store i mean listen we're approaching the holiday season uh you know thanksgiving really is not that far away it's uh, a little over a month but you know holiday season kicks off early so do check out my ebay store omega collectibles on ebay uh get your fill of action figures comic books and and actually uh a bunch of wrestling merchandise is uh, going up for sale real soon nice and of course i'll do mine real quick i am Bill Bodkin, at Bodkin writes on Twitter where I'm just talking about um, by yelling into the void about this presidential election as well as, uh, you know, talking a lot about wrestling. Uh, of course, I'm the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com. Check us out every single day, thepopbreak.com. Uh, we're talking about, of course, pro wrestling. We're talking movies. We're talking TV, comic books, uh, music. We have a whole podcasting network. Um, this podcast you're hearing right now is available on SoundCloud and iTunes under The Breakcast. You can also find out the podcast I co-host every single week with Al Manorino, our managing editor. Of course, he's a reluctant managing editor, but he still is a managing editor. Uh, it's called The Socially Distanced Podcast. Uh, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. We also check out Pop Break TV, which is our TV hub, where we have a number of great shows in there. Um, that is uh, available also on uh, Anchor, Google, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, like I said, we're thepopbreak.com. We're at popbreak.com, all spelled out on Twitter, forward slash popbreak.com, all spelled out on Facebook, and at the Pop Break on Instagram. So for Michael Dorcas, I'm Bill Bodkin. Uh, we'll see you, uh, we'll see you around. Enjoy. I don't know how to end the podcast, but yeah, enjoy Dynamite on Wednesday.